So my name is Tim, and this is my wife, Bethany, and our eldest, Carmichael, and then the newborn that just came at the end of last year, uh, Rosie, Rose Eden Spears. So, okay. okay. Rosie Eden hungry. We, uh, we want to know, you know, how has COVID-19 affected you guys? I've uh, been in lockdown different kinds of lockdowns since last March. So it's been over a year now. And so it's definitely been difficult and trying. Uh, there has been some loosening up at the local level here, but still nationally, every, yeah, every, nationally everything's locked down. The Lord's providing us in, in some ways it's- But I think um, the hardest part is children are not allowed in most public places. So- Any public place. So the hardest part has been for Carmichael, just not being able to really go anywhere or, other or than Rosie, yeah. some of our friends who own restaurants, they're, but that's about it. They're still quarantined in the house pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I had heard uh over sixty-five and under sixteen basically can't leave the house. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So thank yeah. the Lord we have a neighborhood where we can walk and we haven't had any issues, like any problems with yeah. we're allowed to exercise in our neighborhood. So that's been a blessing. And then our yard. That's good. That's How good. have you guys been able to advance the kingdom of God since uh lockdown and how things have been going? So when, when lockdown happened, we had thought that we would just be learning language and just have some time of rest. We had started teaching in a church, but then with the lockdown, we couldn't meet. But the pastors really said, hey, let's try to do online. Can you do online, Tim? So I said, yeah, you know, we can, we can try. And so from that, all our teaching went online. It went from one class, like every two weeks, to like three classes per week. And wow. so... So it's really, it's really a fully online school. We're developing it. It's just a whole new way of teaching and, and connecting. And instead of bringing all the students into one location, you have traveling expenses, you have just all these different variables. Great. So we just see this as, as, as a long-term future. Uh, in many ways, it's way more sustainable than building a massive school, having all the students come from 12, 11 to 12 hours away, supporting them, and then trying, you know, this it's you could this way you have students you have some yeah so then so this is a crazy thing so we have students from five or six different islands attending we, we really believe that the lord has opened this to us and that's our focus moving forward for the long term yeah, yeah. how can trinity baptist church pray for you guys throughout the rest of 2021 yeah uh just pray for um spiritual and emotional health for the family because because there is this is this is difficult for our family we're starting and, to see some things yeah and, some and, issues with Carmichael. Yeah, and, and so churches are open but they're limited capacity and our kids can't go to church so we have not been to church in a long time over so, a year yeah so oh, yeah yes yeah, yeah, so pray, so pray for that um and then also just for for just the school is going to grow and just trying to balance everything uh, it's just it's 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 a process so um working through different things so just pray for the school as well hello hello all right we're on all right, um, good morning, Trinity. In a moment, I'm gonna dismiss the kids, but I do wanna do 
Two things first. I want to thank two people. This today concludes our missions week. And it's ironic to some degree, right? Missions week because we are all people that know Christ. And so it shouldn't be a missions week. It should be a missions life at this point. Amen. So I want to recognize two people who have really gone above and beyond during missions week uh, this week. Number one is Pastor Dan. And Pastor Dan does not want to come up to the microphone today because he doesn't want to show off his really sweet tie-dyed beard. But come on, Dan. Let's see that beard. The kids want to see it. Come on. Wow. We. Amen. So, Dan, how much money did we raise? So we raised over $3,000. I'll just pull up because Tara texted to me this morning. We raised $3,440. Yeah. So yesterday when I asked Pastor Dan, how much did we raise? And he told me that. I said, well, at least now we know the price of your dignity. So... <laughs> it actually would have gone for a lot less, but... <laughs> Amen. All right, the second person I want to recognize is Chris. So Chris, these are from you, from my wife and I, and everybody else on the GO team. Okay, we just wanted to recognize Chris because she's one of our missionaries and she has poured herself out hours and hours of time and, and energy and prayer into this missions week. It would not have existed without Chris. She has really gone above and beyond. And the other thing is, it's Mother's Day and Chris is a mother to those kids in the Philippines. She loves them like they're her own children. And we know, yep, I'm gonna, I, <laughs> she didn't know this was coming. And we know that this and, and more would be their heart for you, Chris, for all that you do for them. Amen. So just one more round of applause. And then, kids, you guys are dismissed. Dismissed. Go. All right. So, you know, with that, I am going to turn it over to Chris and Nina, who've prepared something today that's going to be different. Uh, it's going to be interactive, and we want all of you all to participate in this. Well, first off, thank you, Doug. That was so sweet. And I don't know if I ever told you this, but my students in the Philippines, some of them call me their second mother. So that was really sweet. And I do miss them on days like today. Uh, good morning. My name is Chris Camaro, and I am your converged missionary to the Philippines. Did that sound official? I've been practicing that for three years now. Um, I've been a member of Trinity Baptist Church for over 20 years, and I love this church. I've served in the youth ministry, I have served in the worship ministry, and I have served in the women's ministry and with Beauty for Ashes. This church is my family, and like you, know, it's, you have no idea how moving it is when your pastor shows you how much he feels that same way towards you <laughs> by doing that to his face. <laughs> uh, uh, I, it's like, I don't know whether to laugh or cry, honest. 
and good morning. I'm Nina Kamarji. Um, I've been going to Trinity since I was born, so 29 years. And um, I've also had the chance to serve in our youth group and grow up in our youth group and um, got to go on many, many missions trips through this church. So um, I've been back and forth to Guatemala about 17 times. And then I also lived in Colombia. So I have some global missions um, experience. And then as far as local missions is concerned, um, I work at Hopeline Pregnancy Resource Center in Bridgeport, and it is a Christian ministry where we serve women and men um, in the Bridgeport community who are going through an unplanned pregnancy. So that's kind of where we're coming from. You don't have to clap for that. That's okay. <laughs> but it is really cool. So today, things are going to be a little bit different. I know Missions Week, you expect to have a missionary come up and show their, their pictures and tug at your heartstrings about their mission. But that's not what we wanted to do this week. We wanted to have a conversation with you. We want this to be an interactive service. We're going to be asking some questions, and Doug is going to be our man with a mic, and we, are, we would like you to answer. If you are online, Tara is monitoring the chat box, and she will be your voice inside the sanctuary. So please, type your comments, type your questions. If you have a question for us, we want to hear your questions. Um, yeah, so today's essential question is, is mission still relevant to the local church? So a show of hands, does anyone here consider themselves a missionary? Anyone? We got a couple hands. All right, all right. There's like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, guys. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so in your experience, what does it take to be a missionary? And we do want like actual answers. So you actually have to talk at some point this morning. And if not, Doug might run over to you with a microphone and go, just, what do you think? I might just come right over. <laughs> I, I, let, let me rephrase it. Because some of these questions are deep. And they take a little moment to kind of think about and we don't just, it's not like two plus two where we just know the answer. Um, so, <laughs> so how about put it this way? What is a quality that a missionary needs to have to, to, to be a missionary? Yell it out. Humility. Humility. Amen. Love. Amen. 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 All right. Did everybody hear that? Not All right. Online they didn't. Okay, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul, and be willing to share that with other people. Amen. What else? A calling from the Lord. Amen. We've got Leon in the corner. What's that? Leon. Intentional. Mm -hmm. I, I, would, I think you have to be incredibly resilient and patient as well. Sees people as God sees them. Awesome. Be willing to sacrifice. Sometimes a lot. Yeah, Jess. Back it up in prayer. Awesome answer. Yeah. What was that again? Be brave. Pray to be safe. Yeah. Awesome. Those are some great answers, Those yeah. And answers. I think that's definitely step one, is pray to be saved. Mm. Yeah. 
And so what are some ways that you live out in your daily life? Oh, one more, oh, yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. Flexible. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> yeah. sure. Awesome. Um, so great job. Uh, great job, Trinity. You guys, you guys are doing awesome. And there will be, if You're you don't awesome. get to answer I, one I question. Had like, I had some icebreakers planned, but you guys are just right in it. Fantastic. <laughs> Doug is hard to compete with. <laughs> yeah. Way better than my answer. Because at home, when I like closed my eyes and pictured a missionary, I was like, well, you've got to wear khaki shorts and have a hat. And so, I don't know. But yeah, Doug, I did tell them in the tech meeting above that um, I am a special ed teacher and I'm good at redirecting. So I'm going to redirect right now. <laughs> Thank you. I, I that. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes we assume that being a missionary takes like something huge, right? It takes leaving your home. It takes going to another country. It takes this huge step. But really, it's very, very simple, and it's central to our faith. Um, I recently read this really great definition of missions, and we have a slide for that one. Um, this is John Stott talking. He said, mission is an activity of God arising out of the very nature of God. So it's just central to God's heart, this idea of mission. And we know this to be true because scripture shows us that God is ascending God. We see that over and over. So who do you guys think was the first missionary? We'll take like three answers. Put a cap on it. <laughs> Anybody? First missionary? Who was our first missionary? I'll give you a hint. They're in the Bible. The pastor knows the answer. <laughs> <laughs> What's Leah. That? Okay, maybe one of the people that Jesus healed. Anybody else have any guesses? Yeah, Jesse. Okay, possibly Abraham. Possibly Abraham. You heard Pastor Dan. <laughs> 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 so it actually is Abraham. So Abraham was our first like recorded missionary in Scripture. So. Originally, he's Abram. He's later named Abraham. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, which I think we have that scripture too, um, God tells Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So from the beginning of God's relationship with humans, we see that missions is central to God's character. He's ascending God. He sends Abraham to Canaan. He sends the prophets to Israel. He sends Jesus to the world. And then Jesus kind of takes over the sending. He sends out the apostles. He sends out the 70, two by two. He sends the Holy Spirit, and now he's sending us. And it is so important to point out, point out here that God calls Abraham out of his comfort zone and blesses him so that he will be a blessing to all the families of the world. So right there, like that's his commission. So in the same way, we are doubly blessed and a blessing to people um, when we are obedient to God and participate in God's mission. Missions needs to exist when worship doesn't. Our mission that we have been tasked with as believers is to bring about an obedient, love-filled, life-giving worship among people, groups, and places where there's none. 
Think of that for a moment. You know, in Fairfield County, we have church. We raise our voices up whenever yeah. we want. But picture, there are places where it is silent. <clears throat> Throughout the GO conference, you may have heard some terms over and over. I'd like to take a minute right here and just look at some of those terms. I know for me, some of them, I didn't really understand what they meant until I went through my missionary training. And so I want to take a minute and look at these. The first one is people group. The largest group with, with oh, I'm sorry. A people group is the largest group within which the gospel can be spread without barriers of understanding or acceptance. According to the Joshua Project, the most dominant identifier of a people group is their language. But each unique group also shares a common sense history and customs. In other words, a people group calls us, us, and them, them. It distinguishes the insiders from the outsiders. What are some of the barriers of understanding? Like, that was one of the things that, for me, I didn't really get until I went through my training. What do we think barriers of understanding is? So what are some things, to rephrase that, what are some things, as we go out to different people groups, whether it's locally or, you know, potentially abroad, as we go out, what are some things that make it difficult for us to convey the gospel to them? Jesse, yeah. Language barrier, absolutely. Yeah. Cultural barriers. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. I think I saw another hand somewhere. Yeah. Existing beliefs. Existing yeah. beliefs. Yeah. For sure. Those are good answers. Any others? Other things? Think about locally. Yeah. Anything, anything around here that you think is, if you picture a group of people that you would, you know, like to give the gospel to, that makes it challenging to, to do that, too. Yeah. Physical, 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 yeah. Common experiences. Common experiences, for sure. Yeah. Ignorance. Ignorance. Jesse. I would even say spiritual strongholds. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Traditions, for sure, right? I mean, people, it's hard to break certain traditions, maybe. I think in the United States, we think of ourselves as one, and um, can be, no offense, um, but in the South and in the North, we're like, really different. <laughs> we're really different. In the North, we're very direct. And I have yet to understand, bless her heart. And so there are... <laughs> yes, and anyone else from the South. So, um, <laughs> Well, that was the hint I got. But yeah, I would just prefer you say what you mean. Because I'm from the North. So even within our own land, we have... We have barriers of understanding. Other terms that you may have heard during the GO conference are unreached, least reached, and unengaged people groups. What do you think are the differences between reached, unreached, and unengaged? That's a tricky one. There are some big questions. Uh, you know, yeah. There are some big questions. Jeez. Definitely. Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you guys this one because this is kind of. Can we get is, a multiple choice? <laughs> perhaps? Or, 
Yeah, Who's reached, false? unreached. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the difference really relates to the percentage of the population that has access to the gospel in some kind of church setting. That can be a home, that can be in a coffee shop, I know of some that take place in bars, or it can be a formal church setting. In some locations, those home churches are illegal, and you know, churches have to be springing up in some way, shape, or form. So, in a least reached people group, they are at the tipping point. They have a local gospel movement that is being planted by natives to the area, the gospel is being shared by the local people, and while missionaries are providing support to the movement, their focus is on raising up local leaders who will soon take full control. To put a number on it, at least 4% of the population identifies as evangelical Christian. They may or may not have a Bible in their native language. For example, the Warai Warai people have reached the cusp of 4%, so they are no longer an unreached people group, and they are now considered a least reached people group. And we hope to have the Warai Warai Bible in print and out this year. Which, you know, let's praise the Lord, because part of our missions in the years past was to help fund that printing of the Bible, or the creation of that Bible. An unreached people group means that outside leaders are needed to teach and equip the local church. There is a starting ember of a gospel movement, but that movement, movement is being pushed forward by missionaries. Between 2 and 4% of the population would identify as evangelical Christian. Typically, they do not have a Bible in their native language. Now, this next one, there's kind of like a woohoo, and there's kind of like a break your heart moment. And that is the unengaged people groups. These have no known church planting happening within their culture. There are no known Christian workers on the field sharing the gospel. Finish the Task is an organization that is calling for the church to reach every unengaged people group by 2033 AD, which would be the 2000th anniversary of the Great Commission. Isn't that oh, wild? Like, isn't that cool? wild to think? According to their research, which was updated May 3rd, 2021, there are currently 146 unengaged, unreached people groups over 500 in population and still dwelling in their ancestral home. These 146 are being prioritized for ministry. It is their goal to remove a people group from the list once it is confirmed that a solid church plant and faith practices, according to the evangelical tenants, I'll go with tenants, um, is under implementation, like it's actually happening. So. There are 146 people groups where no one yet is willing to take responsibility for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like, that's amazing and sad that there's so many people that don't hear the gospel and have no people group. But at the same time, when Nina did some research for us, the number she found was 218. 
in the time span from when the Joshua Project quoted this group, the number had decreased, which means missionaries are hitting the fields and getting into these unreached, unengaged populations. Chris, do, do you have a sense of how many people that represents? Like millions of people or I'm sure. I think, I think when I first did the, um, the original research, it was 57 million people are in those groups. Um, so in order to be called a group, you have to be at least 500 people. Um, but some are much larger than others, obviously. Um, so at that point, it had been 57 million, but that was, again, when there was 246 yeah. uh, groups. So. In Tanya's video, she's actually going to address some of that. And like She puts some stark realities for us, so that'll be really cool and answer some more questions mm -hmm. on that. Um, now that we've had a look into the globe, let's take a little closer look at home. What is the current state of Fairfield County? Any guess? Does anyone know like approximately how many people do you think would identify as evangelical Christian, meaning that they're going, like they believe in Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, they're involved in a faith community, they're actively living out their faith day to day. Do we have any idea of like a percentage? How about a show of hands? Who thinks it's more than 50%? Okay. No hands. Okay, who thinks it's 25%? Okay, some hands. Who thinks it's 10%? Okay. Well, you guys would be pretty darn close because it's about 13%. So 70% identify as Christian, and about 13% of those identify as evangelical Christian. So we talked about barriers of understanding. What are the barriers of understanding for reaching Fairfield, Connecticut? Someone online, Jan online said that uh, gay people are their comfort zone. They're, they're comfortable where they're at. Hard to, uh, yeah, affluence, getting so people Dan, out of comfort zone. Okay. Yeah, Tom. Part of it is just that definition of Christian. Yeah, the definition of Christian. People kind of feel like they they already kind of they've already got it all figured out. A lack of a definition of what's good enough for God. Absolutely. I think those two go together, for sure. And one thing that Nina and I intended to make clear at the beginning, and it's just occurred to me, is from the beginning of COVID, Nina and I have been in each other's bubble. And so we have spent a lot of time being this close to each other, maskless, and we you know, I just we just wanted to say that a little disclaimer. A little disclaimer that we're <clears throat> Chris can't get rid of me, so here we are. Yeah. Chris, <laughs> I, I think one of the things I, I certainly identify with, and I'm and I'm sure other people do as well, is that there is this belief if you're if you're academic, you know, if you have you know completed some higher level of education, that you shouldn't believe in Jesus because that's not an academic sort of concept yeah. so i run into that all the time and and i'm i'm sure other people can identify with that as well i personally think that the biggest barrier is wealth when we talk about socioeconomic status we often think of the poor people as being at a disadvantage but when it comes to the gospel that's often not the case 
People of a lower uh, socioeconomic status have higher access to the gospel because we do ministries to the disadvantaged. They also have a deeper understanding of why we need God because it is through our struggles that the Lord does the biggest work within us. Matthew 19.24, and I believe we have a slide for this. I didn't? We lied. Oh, gosh, I lied. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The disembodied voice from the booth. Again, I tell you, uh, sorry. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Which is just heartbreaking to think about. You know, we do live in a very affluent area, and so a lot of the people that we're encountering, like, there are just so many barriers. There, there is that feeling of pride, that feeling of, um, like, no, 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 I've got it all together. Like, I don't need, I don't need Jesus. And the reality is, we all need Jesus um, every single day, every minute of every day. So, um, what does our next question is? What does a healthy mission look like? So, what are what are some components? Yell it out. So what it, I'm, I, got, I got to look at these earlier. So, you know, I, I, I wrote down one that, you know, it, to just kind of get the ball rolling. I think one very important part of a healthy mission is sustainability. Uh, I think, you know, to some degree, you know, short trips where you go and make a difference but then come home, you know, those are awesome, but I think a sustainability is so critical because once you show people Jesus to continue to sustain that and, 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 and help them through the process of discipleship is so critical. So any other thoughts? What other things um, go into a successful mission, an established mission? Support. Support. Absolutely. Not Nick? possible without it. Yeah. Discipleship as a follow-up. Yep. Discipleship as a follow-up. Love it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I, th- I think yep. a lot of people. Sorry, just for sake of time, we're going to keep rolling. But I oh. think a lot of people look at a healthy ministry and they say, like, oh, if there are, you know, fifty kids in the youth group, or if there are, um, you know, seventy people attending that church, or whatever, they look at the numbers of it. You know, is that qualifier quantifiers? Yeah. They have quantifiers. Is that ministry growing? You know, and, and growth definitely is an indicator of a healthy mission, but um, numbers may not necessarily be. And so as we're looking at it, we know um, that a healthy mission is marked by obedience to God's prompting. You know, as we're, as we're striving to be obedient and we're living out that obedience and walking in that obedience, like really that's where the health of the mission is going to come from. And God's heart is to seek and to save, but it's also to serve. And he's called us to do the same. In John 20, 21, Jesus is appearing to his disciples. He's already been crucified. He's been raised again. His disciples are in a locked room, and he shows up, and he starts talking to them. He shows them his wounds. Um, He's in a very real to them. And he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, um, even so I am sending you. 
And so the same way that Jesus sought out the lost and shared the good news and served them in love, he's calling us to do exactly the same thing. Every single Christian is called to this mission. And our roles might be different. You know, you might, we might be called to be praying for people who are actively out in a global missions field. And um, we might be called to be financially giving. We might be called to um, just be involved in different ways. But every single one of us is called to seek and to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to love people well. Um, and what is so important, I think what takes the pressure off of me, I have to remind myself constantly, it's not about the numbers. I am not responsible for the outcome of me loving people well. So if I am interacting with people on a day-to-day -day basis and I have the opportunity to show them compassion and show them God's mercy and share a little bit of the gospel with them, the responsibility doesn't fall on me to convert them, right? Like, my obedience is not dependent on their conversion. My obedience is dependent on me saying yes to the Lord. And my dad used to tell me all the time, this was especially in youth group missions, that the, or youth group ministry, there would be days that I'd be like, Dad, I don't want to go to youth group today. And he'd be like, Nina, just show up. And I'd be like, okay. I'll just show up. <laughs> and those were the days where, like, God would just do something awesome. You know, he would honor that obedience, and he would show up, you know. And, like, it was just so cool to see the, he doesn't leave us hanging high and dry, you know. And Nina and I realized as we were talking through all of this that our relationship resembles the model for a healthy mission. Because a healthy mission should pioneer parent partner and participate. When Nina was a little girl, I kind of put up a tent next door and said, hi, hi. And I got to know her. I built a relationship with her. And eventually she became a teenager and she came into the youth ministry and our role transitioned from just like, hi, to what do I do about this boy? What, what would God say about this? And I turned into more of a parenting kind of role, guiding her faith and leading her further along her journey with Christ. And then Nina went off to college and she came back and we served in the youth ministry together and we partnered. So we went from hi to advice to, hey, let's take this kid out together, and we're going to work together to share the gospel. And she be we became partners in ministry. And now, you know, she's no longer Nina Garofalo. She's Nina Camarchi. She's going to be a mommy, and she's all grown up. I don't know how she did that, and I didn't age not one bit. Um, but it happened. Miracles do happen. <laughs> but now that... She is the director of the Bridgeport office for Hopeline. It is my distinct privilege and honor to serve under her in this ministry and volunteer in the ministry that she is running. And that is what a healthy ministry looks like. Every missionary out there is looking to put themselves out of a job. Tanya Martin is a uh, is the Lead, uh, director of Mobilization at Converge. Her job is to equip people like me to help us get into the missions field. She has some thoughts that she would like to share with us. Hi, Trinity Baptist Church. My name is Tanya Martin, and I'm so delighted to be 
a part of your missions conference. You know, I am a product of a converged church and God really shaped me and molded me and revealed to me that he has called every believer to be involved and engaged in his missions. And I know oftentimes people think, uh, is mission still relevant today? And so at the end of my talk, I'll let you decide for yourself. When I really began to grow in my relationship with Christ, God touched my heart and he revealed to me that every believer is called to be involved and engaged in his missions to the nations. And when he did that, my first question was, well, it's written in the word of God, how can I get involved? And through the local church, I began going on short-term journeys. And through those journeys, God touched my heart for longer service. So beginning in 2009, I moved to Ukraine to serve as a converged global worker. I was there for 11 years and recently came back in June of last year. And I'm now serving in the role of director of mobilization. And so I wanna ask you a few questions. The first question is this, do you know that Jesus is waiting to come back and he will not come back until the gospel is heard by every people group? And it just can't be a glossed over gospel. It has to be a really good presentation of the gospel in their native language and that's relevant to their culture. Did you know that over 70,000 people die daily having never heard the name of Jesus Christ? And most of those people in those people groups, they don't even have an opportunity to hear Jesus's name because the gospel is not available in their language. Did you know that almost 42% of the world is least reach and that 3% of the global workers or missionaries go to that 42% and only 1% of the mission dollars go there. Did you know that? Some of you may have known that and some for some of you that may be new to you. But I want to tell you that in our world today, we're very sensitive to questions of justice and injustice. And I believe that this is the biggest injustice that exists in the world today, that there are people groups still remaining in our world, on our earth, who don't have access to the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross and how he's given us victory and how he's given us eternal life. So, I revealed the answers to those questions, you might be asking yourself now, well, what can I do about that? Well, I want to tell you that the local church is a place where new missionaries can be identified and at, at begin the beginning stages of training those missionaries. You see the giftings and the callings of the people in your congregation. You can tap someone on the shoulder and say, hey, is God calling you to be a missionary? You may want to further 
investigate what that means. Oh, and here's a book you can read. So that's the first step. You might be that person that you sense God is calling me to something bigger, to go to do cross-cultural work overseas. Raise your hand, go to the pastor, let him know, I think God is calling me to be a missionary and call me. <laughs> we can help you to get there if you believe God is calling you to cross-cultural ministry overseas. The next thing that a church can do is, of course, they can send. They can send support prayerfully and financially, and they can send well. They can encourage. They can go. Another thing a church can do is pray. Pray. Uh, prayer is the battle. It is what is necessary when you are doing spiritual work, especially overseas where the darkness is so great. Most, if not all, global workers have a prayer team and they really need people who are faithfully praying for their work, praying for God to break down the darkness, praying for the Holy Spirit to move in the hearts of the people that are being ministered to on the front lines. The next thing you can do is you can welcome. You can welcome people who are coming to the United States and living in your neighborhood from least reached people groups. It just takes a little bit of investigation to find out who those people are and in what neighborhoods they are living as they immigrate or study in the United States. Be hospitable, invite them to your home, especially for holidays, when times when they might be feeling lonely. Another thing that you can do is you can join me and help to mobilize new missionaries, global workers, who God has identified and who God is raising up. Our mobilization team, we facilitate the process of assessment and then further preparation and to help missionaries, or at Converge, we call them global workers, to help them get deployed. So now I'll ask the question, my last question. Do you think that missions for the local church is still relevant? I think it is. and. I pray that you will be prayerful in asking God, how should you get involved? God bless you. Thank you, Tanya. I know we started off asking the question, is mission still relevant? And the answer to that question is a resounding yes. The Bible is clear. Missions is relevant until there is no more silence and the Lord is being worshiped from every people group. The question that we really need to be asking is, is Trinity Baptist Church still relevant in God's missions field? Are we as relevant as we were 20 years ago, 10 years ago? Are we trending up or are we trending down? As a church and as individuals, are, are, are we living missions as a church, as individuals in our daily lives? Are we entering into that mission field? We would love to talk to you guys more and um, have you guys ask questions. Um, right now, we're going to go back into worship and just sing to the Lord. And so if anyone wants to talk after Chris and I are available, the rest of the GO team is also available. It's um, Doug, Chris, myself. Rudy in the back there. Rudy wave. in the back. Bruce is online. Um, so we would love to talk to you about any of these things. But we're just so thankful that you guys listened to us today and that you talked. Good job. <laughs> um, be blessed. Yeah.
pointed out a song to me that we're going to sing for you this morning. It's a beautiful piece of music. It's going to be new to a lot of you. So I just want you to sit and listen. This song is a prayer for you. It's a message to you from our God. Pull up these scriptures for me, Chris. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And if you are Christ's, then you, you are Abraham's offspring. And you are heirs according to this promise. nations be glad. Let them sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity, and you guide the nations of the earth. Go tell the world 
Thank you, Clayton. That, what an awesome song to finish up Missions Week with. That really summarizes it. Um, just going to bring up Pastor Dan, and I want Chris to come back up because we're going to pray for you. And you forgot your flowers, so there's that. Um, and then one uh, quick plug. So last week during the corporate prayer time, we prayed for Jay Orvis. It was really, really awesome. I mean, just the... Just the things Jay brought up, you know, t to pray for, they're just not things that we get to pray for every day, and it, it was just so cool. Um, and, and, you know, Jesse just does such an amazing job of leading that. And then today we're going to pray for the Gibbs who are over in Africa, and, and, and I just think it's going to be such a cool time. So I invite you to join that, um, and with that I'll hand the mic to Dan. Thanks, Chris. I mean, not good. Like, I love hearing you. I'm sorry. I'm just going to stop talking. Yeah, yeah. So uh, real quickly before I do pray for Chris, Chris, you need to know that a question came in online from Laika that, that asked the question, how do you know if it's your mission? And I encouraged her to email the GO team, but I, I know uh, it would be great for you guys to follow up with Laika. Uh, asking that question, how do you know when it's your mission? Uh, that's a great question because we all have mission. We're all called to be on mission. Chris has identified her. We affirm her mission. Uh, there are youth, young people there in the Philippines who are, and I believe this, you and I have talked about this, they're an unreached people group. The students that she wants to work with are an unreached people group, and she loves them dearly. So uh, we are excited. This, this is, yeah, this is a cost of my dignity, but more than that, it's for kids like Ken. Ken was uh, a pen pal I had, one of the students in Chris's class, uh, I loved writing stories back and forth with him, loved hearing from him. So Ken, if you're listening, what's up, buddy? Uh, buddy, yeah, anyway. 
uh, Tiffany, you know, Laika, these are all students. There's names behind the purpose of where Chris is going. There's names of people that, that Nina works with. They're, they're real people, right? And they're, they're objects of God's love. And so it's so important we grasp that when we think of the statistics and the languages and the barriers and all those things, those are all obstacles to reaching real live people who need to hear of the love of God. So Chris, we are so thankful for you. Uh, I know that we are continuing. We, we're so glad that we have things to fill your classroom with, but we want to make sure we get you across the finish line with your support. So I know you're still looking for partners uh, to support you and to pray for you and, and to partner with you in the ministry. And so please be mindful that the faith promise is one way you can give to that, but also if you want to connect with her and hear more about that, uh, she's got prayer cards that she'll be out in the foyer. Uh, happy to give you a prayer card, way to contact her and hear more about that. So please do that, please. We, uh, my family came on board to support her monthly and excited to see how God's going to use that. So with that, the greatest thing we can do right now is pray for you, Chris. So uh, on behalf of the GO team, the elders, the entire congregation, I want to lift you up in prayer. No, you can't throw one other thing in there. Yes, you can, of course. Uh, so, yes, I need financial partners, but I also need to expand the scope of my relationships. I need to meet new people and have introductions at new churches, and I can't get to the Philippines without your help. I've run out of people to call. I literally have called everyone that I can think of and asked them for referrals. I need help meeting new people so that I can get back to the Philippines, and I need your help to do it. Don't make her go to the phone book, people. <laughs> Which, for those of you younger ones, that's an actual paper book, bound book. Lots of it had white pages, blue pages, yellow pages. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege it is to stand before you as your people and to thank you for the mission you call us all on. But Lord, specifically, we lift before you Chris right now. We thank you for the purpose and mission you've given her, for the relationships that you've already begun uh, with her and her students, for the love they share, for the, the, the opportunities that are there. We pray, Lord, for your blessing upon her, that you would provide conversations and relationships and ways for her to build partnerships that will get her there to the Philippines, to return her to her students, to return her to those valuable relationships which she has begun at your guidance. And so, Lord, Thank you for the gifts you've given her, for the preparation and the equipping, both uh, in knowledge but also in, in her faith and in her heart, Lord. Uh, we pray you continue to guide her and direct her. We pray for your protection upon her, Lord, knowing that Satan doesn't want her to go to the Philippines. Satan doesn't want her any, anywhere near these students, and yet, Lord, we know you do, and you are, you, you are greater than he who is in this world. You have overcome he who is in this world. And so, Lord, we rely upon you and trust you and pray that you would work through the people here at Trinity, that we would be that encouragement and that support, and, and, and Lord, that uh, you would be, we would be faithful to, to being used by you in seeing Chris reach the Philippines, Lord, for your glory and for your kingdom. Lord, we also do thank you for Nina and for her commitment to the GO team, for the entire GO team, but certainly for Nina's willingness to uh, lead us through Hopeline this week, to, to share thoughts about missions with us, but also to be a missionary to a, a local opportunity, Lord. And uh, I pray you give more of us clarity around where you are calling us to be that kind of missionary locally as well as, as globally, Lord. And so, Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Church, thank you for worshiping with us this morning. It truly is worship. I want you to know that. That, that, that all silliness aside, this is worship because we have been called to go. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you to the ends of the age. That's for all of us, right? Whether it's tie-dyeing your beard or shaving your beard off or, or whatever, or serving in a, a local outreach or talking with your neighbor, we all have a mission to share in. And uh, so I hope that you do share in, in supporting those missions. I want to let you know there are two ways that you can give to, uh, two, two areas you can give to in the life of the church. One is our general budget, which helps us in pursuing the mission that God's given us here in Fairfield County and to the ends of the earth. But specifically to the ends of the earth piece is our faith promise. You can actually give, and it's separate from our general budget, and we ask that you would consider how God's inviting you to give this year. Faith promise is a conversation that you have with God. It's a commitment that you'll make throughout this upcoming year to give to these global ministries that we are supporting as a church. And so if you, whatever you give to the faith promise budget is dispersed on a monthly basis by our GO team to the missionaries we support. So I just ask you to prayerfully consider what sort of long-term commitment for this year. Say, let's just plan for this year. How do you want to give to the, to the faith promise budget here at Trinity? How is God inviting you to be a part of that? So I'd encourage you to, to consider those two ways of ways that God is going to encourage you to take a step, a baby step, into supporting the, the, the expanse of the gospel. So again, we want to thank you for being here this morning, and I just want to close our time of worship, our benediction, with saying happy Mother's Day. And let me just say a quick word of prayer for the mothers who have guided us in our faith. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for the, the mothers in our midst. We, we worship you and praise you for giving us spiritual guides, such as women who would lead us, whether they're our maternal mothers or women who have played the role of a mother in our life. We praise you and thank you for that. So, Lord, may you receive all the honor and glory and praise as we go out and celebrate these women, not just for being loving women, but for guiding us in our faith, for influencing us, and all for your glory and for your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, go in peace and happy Mother's Day.